Got it. Thank you, viewers, for uh, joining us for Bear Essentials on Fitness. Today, I'm happy to have Mike from Zyvek Sports. He is an amazing guy who came up with an idea that was well needed for standardization in sports timing and testing. Um, if you don't know about it, if you've watched any of the NFL Combine, then you've seen his equipment. He's came up with the most laser, best laser system, best stuff to set up to make it that there's no errors on how things are running and have a standardized test. So uh, one of the things we got coming up is the combine here and we look to have more in the future, not just for football, but basketball, baseball, volleyball. That's the one thing about, unique about this system. There is so much that can be due to it. So Mike, hey, again, thank you for joining us today. Can you tell us a little bit of your background? Great, well, hey, thanks for having me. Um, so yeah, myself um, in Zybeck Sports, um, you know, Zybeck Sports is kind of an offshoot of my primary business, which is design and build manufacturing. Well, we found this little niche in um, sports and testing. Um, a long, long time ago, we had some people from like the Olympic Training Center come up to see us and needed better ways of measuring things like the vertical jump and timing athletes. Yeah, big deal, you know, we did it. and. Um, and it worked great. And people from the world kept seeing what we did there and said, man, where'd you get that? They had some guy in Boulder, Colorado, like buy it. And then it just kept, you know, growing and growing with that. But what I really started to realize is that people don't really care as much what type of equipment they're being measured on. They want to know how they stack up athletically right now, where they need to be by next year and for the youth where they need to be by college. And that's why what we did is we've been rebranding the combine to become the standardized athlete test for the SAT. And so it's totally analogous to the academic SAT, whereby you can't call up, uh, you know, say Purdue or any of those universities and say like, yeah, admissions, I got a perfect score on the academic SAT and my dad graded it. They're going to tell you, no, it doesn't work that way. I mean, you, you don't have your dad grade your test. You don't grade your tests. I mean, you have somebody, you have verified numbers. But that's what's been happening athletically for a long time, where everybody thinks they're running a 4-2 and they think they're 6-3. And, you know, that's great if you really are, but you need to verify this. You're competing against a lot of other athletes across the country for those college spots. And But the important thing of this is that now that we can start doing um, things at the younger age so that athletes know even like in the first second third grade you know what the average fourth grade you know running back is yeah it's cool they're running an eight nine second 40 yard dash it's fine man i mean they've got what 15 years or however long it's going to be before it really matters when they're in high school but this way we've been able to paint a picture to show them where they are athletically now where they need to be by next year and where they need to be by college if they really want to be taken serious for uh, college programs so how did you get started with uh, working with the NFL? Um, well, it was about uh, over 11 years ago now. Um, we were a backup timing system for the NFL. Uh, you know, they had kind of a, a homegrown kind of a system that they'd used previously to that. And they just wanted to see other ways of measuring it. So we were a backup timer one year. And it worked pretty good. And then, uh, you know, one year turned into two, turned into three, and I've actually been doing it for 10 years now. So if you look at any of the YouTube videos, especially over the last, you know, four or five years that 
you see all the equipment in red. You know, that's the stuff that Zyvexports uh, manufactures here in our facilities in Colorado. And that's stuff we've been using at the NFL Scouting Combine for a decade now. And, you know, that's, it's, it's a great event. You know, the NFL is, you know, very, um, you know, they're very careful to make sure everything is done the exact same way every year. And so we've been a really nice, consist, um, something that's consistent for them that we measure the athletes the exact same way for 10 years now and yeah, hopefully going forward. And now we're starting to do a lot of the pro days as well. So every athlete can just see exactly how they stack up if they're at the NFL Combine. I think what's more important than the NFL Combine, although it's obviously a lot of hype, you know, that's kind of the end game for a lot of these athletes we're working with right now. My main focus is the youth athletes because you were really for this one little part of their athletic development, trying to give them something very easy and objective to show where they are and what they need to do. And especially when we're talking about you know, places like in your community right now, where you're not Southern California, you're not Texas, you're not Florida, your athletes right there need to be able to compete uh, nationwide for those spots on these division one teams. And so now that we've got the standardized athlete test or the SAT, when we come to your facility or your locations and test everybody in the 40 yard dash or vertical jump or et cetera, they're doing the exact same thing we've done for over 100,000 athletes now. And it's the exact same thing we do in, in Texas, exact same thing we do in Florida, same thing we do in Boston. So you're taking the SAT. And so now you're able to show how you compare against everyone else across the country. And the important thing is like when you're dealing with um, you know, coaches, their job depends on who they get on their team. It's not a nice thing, you know, a college coach, their job depends on it. And coaches know they can teach skills to athletes, but it's kind of hard for someone to be an athlete. And it's not everything, but any stretch of the imagination, but it is something objective and something tangible. It's a tool for these athletes to get to where they want to be. And more importantly, from the youth perspective, it's a tool to show what they need to be working on to get to that end game. It's not everything, but it is something objective. It's one of the few objective things you're going to have in sports, team sports. Well, you took one of my answers. I was going to say, how around how many uh, kids have you been able to uh, test? And you already answered that. We've got over 100,000 athletes and everybody from kindergartners all the way up through, you know, um, uh, you know, people in their 40s and 50s, actually. But uh, probably 60% of the athletes we have done are in the late junior high, early high school, and then the rest of it goes from there. I really, you know, warn people, I mean, if we're doing the elementary school and the younger athletes, it's fun for the kids. Don't get me wrong, it's fun. But if you're a parent, don't think your kid's all washed up and losing draft spots when he's in fourth grade. If he's running a 10-second 40 at school, man, don't worry about it. But, you know, if he really does want to play college sports, whatever, 10 years down the road, you got a roadmap to see how to get there. And it doesn't say whether they catch a ball or make a tackle or make the hit, but it's something objective. And what I find is that the youth athletes really like this because it is so fast and it's so objective. And the society now, people don't talk anymore. They text and they tweet. You got to be 140 characters or less. And you can't somebody up athletically in that, that short of a thing. But we say you run a 6.5 in the 40. You should really be at a 6.2 next year. Work on your starts to get there. That's 140 characters or less. And you brought that up a few times. Um, when they take the test, what, what do they get afterwards that will allow them to see what the differences are, stuff like that? So I know okay. some, some of the kids I've had go to these combines, they're like, oh, you did this. 
but there's nothing that tells them the future or stuff like that. They give a average, whatever, wherever they pull that out of um, for their people, but they don't tell them where they, how they need to be, how they need to progress. Right. That's a really good point because every athlete is going to get a report that's going to show how they stack up by position and by graduation year for this year. And we're going to show them how they stack up where they need to be by next year and where they need to be by college. For example, if we're talking to the classic dad of a 2026 graduation year running back, dad knows he's got the next Heisman Trophy winning kid. That's cool, man. That's the way dads roll. And I'm going to show that dad, that athlete, how that athlete stacked up against every other 2026 graduation year running back we've ever measured. And then I'm going to show him what a 2025 running back is. And I'm going to show him what an actual Division I running back is, how fast they are. And we've actually done things, um, as I think you, you've seen, you know, there's a good links to stories we've done, that we've gone and tested every athlete for, at the University of Michigan, the University of Michigan football team. So I know exactly what a Division I running back is and exactly what a Division I offensive lineman is. And so with that, I think that's what's almost more important than anything is like how you stack up by graduation year and by position. Because, you know, like the offensive line and defensive line for football, at least, it doesn't like they get any love. They're half of your team, though. And yeah, half of the team, they're, they're big. And they need to be. And they need to have power. But they're not going to have the fastest 40. And it's not fair to that athlete, you know, a, an offensive lineman to be showing what the average is, which would include the running backs. They're different things. It's apples and oranges. It's actually apples and Big Macs. It's so different. So this way, we're showing every athlete what they need to do to get to that end game. Well, and you just said that. I have one of my... Big guys, he went and we've never run a 40. We worked on his 10, his strength. And he actually went to a senior combine as a sophomore. He got picked because of his how much he can lift, how much he can move. And he ran like a 5.87. And he's 365 pounds um, at freaking uh, 6'3. Yep. The coaches are coming up. We don't care that you ran that slow. When you're putting on putting down seniors on their butt repeatedly right. 10 yards. We don't run freaking 40 yards for alignment. Exactly. And that's what's more important. We always do the 10 yard split and we always do the 20 yard split. And we always do the 40 yard split because it has different value for different position groups. But most importantly than anything, what the value is, is to the athlete. And so what we do is again, looking at the numbers right there, we'd only show where you break down this year, next year, my college, we break it down even further. We're going to show that 2026 running back what his rank is at the 10 yard, his rank at the 20, and the rank at the 40. And we're going to have recommendations based off of that. The athlete's either going to be picking up positions or losing positions. And so basically, if we say we did a thousand running backs across the years and we're looking at what the 2026 equivalent is, and so we're going to show like he's maybe number 100 out of a uh, thousand at the 10 yard maybe goes to 200 out of 1,000 at the 20 yard, but finishes number 500 over 1,000 at the 40. So that athlete actually lost 400 positions. So if you can imagine, if you have 1,000 running backs starting the 40 yard dash all at the same time, when the running back we're talking about here crossed that 10 yard line, he only had 100 people in front of him. He had 900 people behind him. But by the time he got to the 40, he had another 400 people pass him. By the time he got to 40, he finished middle of the pack. What's that athlete got to work on? Top end speed. Yep. And, and so we'll tell the athlete what they need to wear as prescription for that athlete. 
And if it's the other way around, if he was passing people, then he needs to work on his starts. I don't tell him how to do that, but we'll give you know very specific target numbers for that athlete to achieve in the 10 yard, 20 yard, 40 yard based on their number. And if they're gaining position, we're gonna say work on your starts, man. Don't worry about your 10 to your 20, 20 to 40, et cetera. Target this for your 10 yard. If it's the other way around, don't worry about your 10 yard, work on your, your top end speed. We're gonna tell them how to do that. That's your job, Chris, as a coach, yep. as a trainer. But now you've got some metrics to know that you're doing your job. And if you're doing your job, you better see those numbers getting better. And same thing with all the tests right there. And what parents need to know now is like, if you're not doing your job, you're fired. You got some metrics to prove that you're getting better, you're getting worse. And, and athletes love that, especially the youth athletes. They need little gains and little successes. You can't wait for that winning tackle or winning touchdown. It's the end game right here. This isn't everything, but it's something tangible for these kids. If you're improving and moving towards your goal, then you're doing something right. If the right. if the numbers aren't showing you're improving, especially like you said, you can't wait to the field. It's like it's great when you finally do it, but if you know you're not if you're not seeing the improvement, then a lot of times you won't see it on the field. But that's exactly. not always true. But it works in a little bit of intangible, a little bit too. Well, you look at you know everybody you know talking about the forty at the bars and stuff like that. So, ah, forty yard dash doesn't matter. I mean, they'll reference somebody who had a really bad. I look at. Uh, uh, Tom Brady, for example, he didn't do very good in the combine. He's a major quarterback, obviously. Yeah, yeah but he, I bet you look at his 40-yard dash, I bet he could beat every athlete that we're talking about right here. And oh. people don't appreciate how fast, you know, anything, you know, 5.5 and above really is. And, you know, that's athleticism. You've got it. You know, whether you're doing, a, you know, a, a 4.7 or a 4.75, yeah, it's kind of debatable right there. But you're in that fast group right there. You're doing amazing things as an athlete. So, but it's just the end game right here. And coaches can teach skills to athletes, but can't teach someone to be an athlete. And when you're at that final place right there where you're trying to get into a college team or even a high school team for that matter, you need to use every tool you got to build your future and achieve your dreams. And so, a lot of times you're using this as a tool to get to where you want to be. So what uh, run through, how would it would be a normal day when they come, when it come to a combine? You bet. So um, the normal combines is we like to have as many people as possible pre-registered. And so when the athletes arrive, they're going to have an, an RFID wristband and they're going to have inside of it is a, a piece of paper. It's a business card size piece of paper with a QR code on it and all the information we know about the athlete. They're going to look at that, make sure everything's correct. We mess something up, you know, tell the person who's handing out the wristband something's wrong, but it's exactly what was reported. You're going to put that wristband on and you're going to keep that. And I'll show you why in a second. So you got the wristband on, you're going to go down to the field. Coach is going to warm them up. And then uh, we're going to break into six groups. We're going to have one group that's going to be the picture, height, weight, and measurables. We're gonna have one that's 40 yard dash, one that's 510.5, one's three cone, one broad jumps, one's maximal jump. And then, so we're gonna break into six group and you're gonna rotate through all those stations and probably about an hour, you're gonna be done. And now at every station you go to, you're gonna be scanned your RFID wristband and the, your name is gonna come up on the screen for the athlete. Let's just say we're talking about 40 yard dash. You're gonna walk up 40 yard dash station, you're gonna scan your wristband. The coach is gonna to refer to you by name. Say, hey, Fred, how you doing, man? You're gonna need a three point stance. You'd be blocking the sensor with one of your hands. Coach is going to say, it's on you. Anytime you want to go after that, it's on you. When you lift your hand and start to run and that sensor is not blocked, you're going to start the time. 
You're going to cross the 10 yard, 20 yard, 40 yard, and you're going to stop those times. Next athlete's going to go. And I mean, the reason we say it's on you is, is getting back to this whole discussion right here that I've been hearing this forever from, you know, the coaches and the kids. All right, it's on you. It's on you. It's on you. I started thinking about that. That's a really good theme that you start the time, you stop the time. But it's deeper than that. We're showing every athlete where they stack up, not what team they're on, not where they live, not much money their parents make, not any of that stuff right there. These are their numbers. It shows where they stack up and what they need to do to get to the next level right there. Hey, man, I report, you decide. That's why we've trademarked the phrase, it's on you. And every one of the wristbands, if kids will keep these now, say it's on you. And yeah, a lot of people wear these things for a long time. We see people in airports across the country, hey, it's on you. It's a constant reminder that there are a lot of stuff you can't control in life. You can't control, you know, where you're born and all that kind of stuff. But listen, you have a little bit of control over. And this is one of them. It's on you. And so then what's going to happen is after we get all the numbers, uh, within 24 hours, we're going to issue a report. And that report is going to go to the combine directory and the athlete. And we don't share it after that point right there. And that's where we're going to show the athlete what their numbers are, how they stack up, and what they need to do to get to that next level. And they're going to have a certified report that they can then send to a college if they want, or a trainer. And we don't share it anywhere after that at all. And if it works in your favor and you want to show these numbers, which I really encourage you to do those, because you're now being compared against every other athlete across the country. And it's, again, it's like trying to get into a big college and say, yeah, I got a great score on the academic SAT. My dad graded it. Ain't going to fly. And you go up to a coach and say, yeah, I'm 6'3", I'm running a 4'2", ain't going to fly. But you say, like, here's my certified numbers. That carries a lot of weight. You're a coach. You're trying to figure out who do you want on your team. That has a lot of value to them. Something that's known and no risk. Very true. Um, so what if, okay, for you, you talked about where you're from, stuff like that. You talked to me before. Uh, one of the places that you would actually had to fly to and then drive for about three or four hours um, to do just a, a few kids. Can you tell a little bit about that? You bet. I mean, we've been doing a lot of these really um, second tier uh, markets, which I'll throw your market into the same thing. Yeah, you're not, um, you know, in the sticks or anything, but you're not in Texas, California, or Florida. And so, uh, for example, we do this um, uh, event, the Appalachia Prep Combine, which is in Bluefield, West Virginia. It's remote. And it's like the three hour drive to the nearest airport. And they've got great athletes there and you know, really great athletes, the great attitudes that want to get to that next level. But let's be honest, man, you're not going to have a coach coming out from Texas A&M to go look at those kids in Bluefield, West Virginia. It ain't going to happen. And either you're going to have to be flying out yourself to go prove yourself or you got someone like Zybex Sports coming in. And so we had so many success stories with this right here where athletes have had zero offers or zero anything before the standardized athlete test because they're trying to you're trying to sell yourself to a coach who's never seen you not going to see you and what do you got you had some game film everybody knows game film is good but it could be doctored you're your best player ever yeah. you've got all this other stuff but now you got your standardized athlete test and that helps you get into the door not everything i'm not taking credit for all these kids that got these d1 offers after we went to this remote community but it was part of it sure didn't hurt them having all the information for coaches to, like you said, especially now after COVID, um, yeah. so many kids are coming back that kids that were great before are struggling to get back into that whole mindset again. 
and physically as well. I really encourage every athlete to put yourself in the coach's position. Like I said before, your job depends on who you get on your team, whether you're going to win or lose. Your job depends on that. If you're a coach, let's say you've got three athletes you're trying to choose from. you got athlete A. Hey, it's Fred Smith. He does, you know, standardized tasks. Here's my numbers. You know, I've got good grades, everything. Athlete B, you know, may not do the SAT. So I didn't care about numbers. Or I'm the best player there ever was. Athlete C doesn't do the SAT. He might be a great athlete. May not. You don't know. You're the coach. Yeah. Who do you want on your team? Yeah, athlete A is looking pretty good. Athlete B, yeah, he might have some funny numbers and stuff like that. Not doing the real thing. He might be really good. He may not. Athlete C, you have no idea. You're the coach, man. You're going to go for what you know. You've got you got a lot of competition. You're trying for those end game. And I think the important thing is, you know, just don't wait till you're a junior in high school and think like, oh yeah, 40 yard dash, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I'm going to uh, just do that and get my numbers and get on the team. I mean, you really should be kind of preparing for it. It's exactly the same with the academic tests. You know, most you know athletes, or most students will do everything they can. They will study and make sure they know you know exactly what's going to be on that test. You study for that. You know what's going to be on this test right here. If the NFL hasn't changed anything in, in a long time. It's the test. And you might as well you know, train for the test. I take the fifth, whether that really means anything game-wise, but you know what the test is going to be. Use every tool you got to get to where you want to be. Especially, you said, there's a lot of combines out there that take, starting you out and getting the 40, that's it. But yeah. like you said, the 10 and the 20, for a lot of positions, it's becoming more and more huge. Right. Who's running? There's not very many people that are even wide receivers, unless you're throwing a bomb, they're hitting out wide at 40 yards. Yeah. It's probably debatable what the 40 really means anything, but it's a metric. Yeah. But I mean, it's really important to have, you know, what, you know, your 10 yard is, your 20 yard, and your 40 yard. And not only that, but have it as a verified time. Anybody doing hand timing at a 40 is going to be off, is going to be inaccurate because there's no way you can do a hand time that's going to be accurate enough that fast with electronic timing. It doesn't matter. I mean, it's not going to be accurate. And even if you're doing something like you're not doing the exact three-point stance, blocking a sensor on the ground, and then starting to run, then you're not doing the SAT. You're not doing what's at the NFL. I've seen a lot of them where they've got the uh, a sensor like right above their head, and when they stand up and start to run, that's when the time starts. That's not right. If you're going to do it, do it right. Do it the way the NFL scouting combine's done it, period. That's the only way you're going to be getting the numbers that coaches want. Everything else, hey, it may, not, it may be good information, but it's probably not going to help you as much as you may think for that, getting that end game. What are some of the other uh, combine? Uh, what are the other, some of the other uses for Zybeck for sports besides football combines? Besides football, um, two things. One is we do a lot of facilities where we're building these um, this equipment and a testing protocol into their programs. You know, for example, you know, kind of what you're doing as well, like when you can literally say that we are literally and figuratively building in performance testing into our programs, we're going to prove we're making you better. Also, a lot of the big colleges. Yeah, we've done a lot of big things. I mentioned University of Michigan and Oklahoma, Texas A&M, et cetera. You know, these um, programs are using this equipment to I make their programs better. But also, um, pretty much every other major sport, we're measuring athleticism. And especially the girls' sports, you know, the, the soccer, volleyball, basketball, lacrosse, you know, all those other sports, we're measuring athleticism. Doesn't have a lot to do whether you got, you know, how good you are in the game, but we're showing athleticism. 
and we'll do things basically the exact same way. Just like the SAT, whether you're going into engineering or 16th century Elizabethan arts, everybody takes the SAT. If you're going into engineering, you might do some subject matter tests. We do the exact same thing where everybody takes these core tests. We'll have one or two sport specific things as part of the combine then. So, no, it's awesome. I remember looking at the tablet and still going, holy cow, there's a lot of different sports stuff on there. Right. Um, so let's do a final thing. Um, I know we were just talking about the stopwatch and running. We've talked about this a little bit. It says everybody thinks they're running a 4.4 or 4.5. What are some of the average times you guys are actually seeing? You bet. Um, anybody interested, and I sent it to you, I sent the presentation that we've done at the Army National Combine for 14 years. You know, Zybex Sports has done that for a long time. And any athlete that, you know, we test that really looks good in their position that's interested in that, hey, let me know. You know, you know we can see, um, you know, we can't nobody say who gets there or not. But in this presentation that I do at the Army National Combine, I show that out of, of this one study I did out of 10,000 athletes that I was personally at every one of the events. And I personally ensured that every one of these timing was done the exact same way and the exact right way. And the interesting thing is we had three athletes that were in the four fives out of 10,000. We had 18 in the four sixes out of 10,000, 85 athletes in the four sevens. So 85 out of a 10,000 athletes are actually at four seven. That's how rare it is to be at that, you know, anything sub five. And even at the you know, really kind of elite high school end of things, we show that 85% of the athletes are five seconds or slower. So if you really think you're running four or two, hey man, you got something going for you right there. You should really be promoting that, but be sure you know what you're saying. Because you think you're running a four or two and you tell a coach that you're running a four or two, they bring you out to their program, you better be doing a four or two, because guess what? They're gonna have our equipment there probably, and they're gonna prove what you are running or you aren't running. There should be no surprises in this whatsoever. Well, I saw the data as like, the stopwatch is 0.1 to 0.3 seconds slower, or it right. could be faster. Because it all because it all depends on their their re, uh, the reaction time of the phone. Right. Yeah, every coach presses the stopwatch after you see the athlete start to run. And just remember that after you see the athlete start to run, how much after depends on a lot of things. You know, Scott shot partying last night. There's only after fun Red Bull. And um, but no matter what, it's always going to be slower, quote unquote. I mean, he's going to be clicking button after you see the athlete start to run. So you're always going to be getting a head start with anything stopwatch time. Yep. But think about it. Do you want to put your future in somebody else's hands? Because I mean, you're literally and figuratively doing that there. If your coach has been out partying all night, get in that lane. That's what you want to be in because they're going to click the stopwatch really slow. Did you leave yet? Oh, yeah. And all of a sudden, you got a 0.3 second head start. There's a really big difference between a 5.0 and a 4.7. And you get a coach all amped up on Red Bull or something like that. And yeah, maybe he clicks it, you know, about 0.1 seconds, which is the fastest we ever see an a coach ever do that. And all of a sudden you got a 4.9. Exact same athlete. He's got numbers ranging from 4.7 to 5.0 electronic. And do you want to put your future in someone else's hands? But more importantly, you're a college coach. Do you want to put your faith in some data that you don't have any idea where it came from? Standardized athlete tests, everyone takes the exact same test. And you'll see, you know, it's fun. You know, we're making sure everyone has a good time and a good user experience, but we're serious about it. You start the time, you stop the time, you're going to do it the right way that it needs to be done. 
period. And you're gonna know you stack up across the country. That's important. Awesome. I mean, I can't, honestly completely agree with you. I tell the kids when they put these recruiting sites, make sure you have the correct data because if it doesn't look right, the coach is already gonna think, I don't believe the rest of it. And it could be perfect, but one right. number, they could make you look like a fool. And they're like, yeah, I'm just gonna bypass all that. Yeah, here at college, you got a lot of options there. Your yep. job depends on who you want, reducing risk and having a known things that you're starting just for your first cut is important. Your job is make sure you make that first cut when you're trying to get in these college programs. And at the younger ages, you want to make sure that you're ready to do that, that test by the time you get there. And the really younger ages, hey, have some fun with this, you know, to see where you're at. Well, and like you said, it's like going, like everything else, they practice everything, like essay, the, the scholastic test, they're taking practice tests. Yeah. It's like going to the combine and then taking it then. There is reason why the NFL takes like, or the college players take six months to go practice before right. taking the NFL combine. If you're not practicing and seeing where you're at and what you need to fix, that's yep. going to be huge every year. Yep. It was kind of interesting at the, you know, kind of about the University of Michigan team testing we did. You know, we showed that, you know, every one of those athletes probably went on the bottom one, two, three percent at the NFL combine that day. But they were 0 0.09 seconds away from being average. That's how elite it is at that program. They are great athletes. You know, I'm not knocking the athletes at Michigan in any way, shape, or form, but they have not trained for that test. And when they get invited to that, you know, that big day, the NFL combine, or even their pro days, they work really hard to get every millisecond out of them that they can. And so just your average athlete, if they would go to the NFL combine that day, it wouldn't have been too good. They would have been the bottom of the bottom. No but you train for that test, you find where you need to be, that's where you're going to get the good numbers. And that's where you can just really train for the test. Awesome. Mike, hey, thank you for joining us today. Um, a lot of good data. Um, I know I get to see you in about six weeks um, up here doing our combine for us. Uh, can't wait to see the new young faces. And it'll be the first time we get to introduce it to this local area versus uh, Indianapolis, uh, Fort Wayne, going through there and not Chicago. So we're like right. in the middle of everything, but somehow we don't have, have any, of that, any of this good stuff up here. So yep. I'm glad that you're gonna be helping us to actually put it out there and hopefully be a staple of our community coming back, coming back here a few times. Excellent. Well, we really appreciate the opportunity to come out and help your market and let's see how you guys stack up. It's on you. Awesome. Thanks, Mike. Thank you for joining us for Pair Essentials on Fitness today. If you like it, subscribe to a podcast as well as share it out to others that may be in the same interest. At any point in time, leave a question. Hopefully we can get back to you and give you the information that you're looking for. Again, thank you very much. This is Coach Chris from Bear Fitness. Oh!